the Bible Study Podcast, episode 768. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Nahum with chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter two. You may recall that Nahum is a book that is a prophecy from the prophet against Nineveh. Nineveh would be the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. Chapter two, an attacker advances against you, Nineveh. Guard the fortress, watch the road, brace yourselves, marshal all your strength. The Lord will restore the splendor of Jacob like the splendor of Israel, though destroyers have laid them waste and have ruined their vines. The shields of the soldiers are red, the warriors are clad in scarlet, the metal on the chariots flashes on the day they are made ready, the spears of the juniper are brandished, the chariots storm through the streets, rushing back and forth through the squares, they look like flaming torches, they dart about like lightning. Nineveh summons her picked troops, yet they stumble on their way. They dash to the city wall. The protective shield is put in place. The river gates are thrown open, and the palace collapses. It is decreed that Nineveh be exiled and carried away. Her female slaves moan like doves and beat on their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose water is draining away. Stop, stop, they cry, but no one turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. The supply is endless, the wealth from all its treasures. She is pillaged, plundered, stripped. Hearts melt, knees give way, bodies tremble, every face grows pale. Where now is the lion's den, the place where they fed their young, where the lion and the lioness went, and the cubs with nothing to fear? The lion killed enough for his cubs and strangled the prey for his mate filling his lairs with the kill and his dens with the prey. I am against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will burn up your chariots in smoke, and the sword will devour your young lions. I will leave you no prey on earth. The voices of your messengers will no longer be heard. So bad days are ahead for Nineveh. Bad days are ahead for the Assyrian Empire here. They will indeed fall, and they'll fall to a collection of the next people who are going to be the most important people in the area. First Babylon and then the rise of Persia will happen in the area and Nineveh will be no more. Now it's interesting that the way the form of this is the prophet telling Nineveh to to call to arms, to, to guard your fortress, watch your road, brace yourself, marshal all your strength, but it won't do you any good. Right, It's not call your soldiers to arms and therefore you will save yourself. It's more call yourself to arms because the attack is coming, but <laughs> you're going to be laid waste. You're going to have your vines are going to be ruined. You know the, And it describes in kind of poetic detail here, the shields of the soldiers are red, the warriors clad in scarlet, the flashing of metal on the chariots, this this forest of spears, chariots going back and forth like flaming torches, darting like lightning. I like the poetry of all this, but with all of this going on, with all these picked troops that you've got, protect yourself, he said, they're going to stumble. They dash to the city walls, 
but the gates are thrown open. Palace collapses. You're going to be exiled and carried away just as they exiled and carried away the northern kingdom of Israel. And I think that's one of the reasons why that language is used there. And then there's this this moaning, this wailing and gnashing of teeth because it, it is a terrible thing when a government falls, a terrible thing when a country falls, when an empire falls. It's not a peaceful transition of power, let us say that. And so it's like water, a pool whose water is draining away. They're crying, stop, but no one will turn back. Instead, we have this cries for plunder, plunder the silver, plunder the gold. The supply is endless. Well, and of course, the reason the supply is endless is Assyria themselves has been plundering all of their neighbors. And this is where their wealth came from. And so she, in turn, is pillaged, plundered, and stripped. And it's interesting, where now is the lion's den, the place where they fed their young? One of the symbols of the Assyrian Empire, the ancient Assyrian Empire, was the winged lion. It's probably the best-known iconography for Assyria. When I see that statue of a winged lion, I know that we're talking about the ancient Assyrians. And so here, where is their where are their lions? Where are the the cubs who had nothing to fear and such? And so talking about Assyria as the lion, the lion who killed enough for his cubs and strangled the prey for his mate, filling his layers with a kill. So you have gone off Assyria and you have conquered others, but now you're going to fail. And the reason you're going to fail is God is against you. And that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing when the might and power of God is turned against you. Now, what do we learn from this? One of the things that we learn from this is nothing is permanent when it comes to empires, when it comes to governments. Uh, When it comes to our own government, there's no reason we should assume that it will last forever, that things do tend to rise and fall. And certainly, in biblical terms, they tend to fall if God sets his mind against them. And so that would be bad for us to be in that situation. And certainly, a lot of the prophets, as they call out to people to change your ways, are calling out to change your ways or, and in the case of the northern kingdom, in the case of the southern kingdom, or someone is going to carry you away the northern kingdom forever, the southern kingdom into the Babylonian exile. And a lot of the prophets are calling out to people saying, change your ways or, change your ways or this will happen. So nothing is permanent when it comes to government, when it comes to empires. The one that looks strong today may not be so strong tomorrow. So that's one of the things that I think we can learn is that there is more temporariness in our lives than we sometimes realize. Now, Christianity does not have the sense of karma as you would find in Eastern religions, and yet it does have a sense of justice, that if you act a certain way, people will act that way towards you. And so as people are calling out to the Assyrians, or calling out as this pillaging is happening, plunder, plunder the gold, plunder the silver, they're getting back what they were delivering. It feels a little bit like karma, but it's really justice. It's really that they're getting the same thing that they were doing. And that's one thing that we should have a little humility about, how we treat others, because sometimes that will come back at us, whether we are governments or individuals. 
whoever we are, how we treat people does matter. And God is watching as he was with the Assyrians, letting them get away with things for a while. And certainly it gets easy for us to say, look, God isn't watching. He doesn't care. He's not doing anything. And yet this is one of those verses that is bringing another point of view to that, that God is caring and God is dealing with those who need justice in his time. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.